Welcome back to the official Atari Games podcast. This is Jason here, joined again by Ethan Stearns, VP of Games. And joined, actually, it he's been on before. It's been a little while, but Remedies taught us. It's been a minute. Hey, I just blanked on your last name and I feel terrible about that. But you're the only taught us I know. Megauskas. That's it. That makes it easier when you say it, because <laughs> then I don't, yeah. I don't mess up the pronunciation. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. We keep in touch. Uh, so Tadas is, uh, so, so we figured do something a little different today. Um, we, so recently Alan Wake just came out. Congrats on the release. Today. Yeah, congratulations. And thank you, that thank comes, you. so that comes out today at the time of this releasing and at the time of the recording and it's getting phenomenal reviews. So congrats with that. I'm very excited to play it. Um, huge fan of the original. Ethan's a big fan of the original as well. And I thought, hey, let's do something a little different here. Um, as you were the producer on the first eight recharge titles, you were the game designer on uh, Caverns of Mars recharged as well. And then you made the move to uh, to AAA at Remedy in Helsinki. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's do a little bit of uh, a little bit of a rigmarole here. We got some uh, we got some news, some latest happenings in uh, in Atari Land here. A lot of release dates since we've last uh, recorded have been announced. So big stuff coming. Um, we have Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures Deluxe. That's going to be out on Xbox, P- Xbox, PS4, PS5, and Switch on November 1st. Berserk Recharged it's officially has its release date announced, and that's coming out November 9th on literally everything. Switch, Xbox One, Series X and S, PS4, PS5, VCS, PC, through Epic and Steam. He's not on mobile, though, so not, not, not on, on everything. That's true. Not on mobile. That's right. That's a good point. Um, although if you remote play on Xbox, you can uh, you can do that. And then not currently playable in uh, the space shuttle. That's true, too. Unless you bring one of those consoles. I guess that's true. I yeah. think Stadia is also not a thing, right? No, Stadia is not a thing anymore, unfortunately. Okay. RIP. Yeah. RIP in peace. Um, and then lastly, exciting release date announced by, uh, by Night Dive. Star Wars Dark Forces coming out February 28th. So get excited for that. And Sweet. last bit of fun news, and Tadis, this also kind of involves you, is that um, Amazon Prime, Prime Gaming has announced their free drop of games over the course of November. So that includes Centipede Recharge, Black Widow Recharge, and Caverns of Mars Recharged. Let's so go. Exciting check stuff. that out. Uh, all the dates, you can look them up online. I didn't find it before this. So shame on me for, uh, for failing there. Um, and with that... Let's move on and talk about stuff. I got a, I got a warm up question, and because we're talking Alan Wake two, we got to talk about Remedy. So what I want to do, I want to go around and I want to know first Remedy game. Thomas, oh man, Tadas, you're our guest. Why don't you start first uh, Remedy ex- exposure game, whatever, or maybe the first thing that hooked you onto Remedy, whatever you want. I mean, I think most of the people that I've told to that I'm going to remedy recognized only one game and that was Max Payne. Really? Back in the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows about Control, Quantum <laughs> Break, even Alan Wake. Very few people know. But as soon as you bring up Max Payne, everybody was like, oh my God, I have played that back in the day. So this was also like my first real experience with Alan Wake, uh, sorry, with Remedy. And it was just like a phenomenal experience. I all I still remember the bullet time where you just drop in through the door, guns blazing. That was yeah. a good time. Oh my god, yeah. I missed that game. It was awesome. 
Ethan, what about you? I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what are their first game? I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely Max Payne uh, would be my first. I was trying to look. Death Rally, is that their first game? Yeah. That is indeed their first game, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I played this game? It looks kind of familiar. Although, it reminds me, I think, I don't know. I don't, maybe I didn't play this game. Um because it reminds me of Carmageddon, which was one of, another favorite of mine back in the day. But um, yeah, probably Max Payne. And I think, but I, I think that I was first aware of the studio and their, you know, their prowess, who they were uh, after Alan Wake, which which I've said, which you explained in the intro is one of one of my favorite games. Sorry, I sorry I blew up your spot there. No, no, I appreciate. it. Yeah, Max Payne for me definitely the first time I had exposure to uh, to Remedy, and yeah, that game is like a revelation. And I I actually was thinking about it, and I that was like probably one of the original third person like games that really focused on cinematic narrative experience, like almost the really? games that you often get out of PlayStation and and that kind of stuff. Like I can't think of a game prior to Max Payne that tried to do the things that when did it come out that Max Payne did and those games are doing now i mean they had, i mean obviously cutscenes were told in you know those comics and what kind, and whatnot but really before that and let alone well, I, mean, did I think it it's obvious looking back it's like they've always had a um really cinematic approach to yeah. certain genres and sometimes that's like crosses over dramatically like i think in um is it quantum break or what was the yeah. name of the yeah quantum break um where really there was low. like much more cinematic crossover where there was like an actual television show and stuff yeah um but like even going back to max Payne, it's like there were shooters in that genre in that in that time like those types of shooters were becoming very popular but the 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 motif of that noir kind of shooter like detective narrative applied on top of what was a popular game mechanic for shooters during that time is what kind of really made it unique and i think looking back at that you can see that continues to be kind of that combination of some sort of cinematic um motif applied to you know a, a, in a genre of video game ends up kind of being what those games feel and 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 look like yeah so let's let's start there actually and you know it's such a jarring difference you look at you know working at the on the recharge games and then going to alan wake 2 what you know in retrospect like what what was the overall experience like what was it like jumping in at a high level on that kind of triple a narrative experience from the literally the most bite-sized type of arcade experience you could have um yeah i mean like well, the experience was, I couldn't say that it's like so grandiosely different. I mean, all of the problems are just larger, but usually they're kind of managed the same from like a production standpoint. So like uh, timelines and granularity of tasks and like uh, reviews and etc. But in terms of what was on uh, the recharge series, it was like just on like high speed formula race car where here it's more like a a cruise ship sailing through the sea which is uh it's a good analogy when you need to make a decision uh both of these uh things react quite differently 
so yeah i mean it's been extremely fun it's been very eye-opening but it's also very humbling uh, to know that like the things that i've used to work on is super super applicable at a triple a level as well even more so i think if people the people who have worked only on triple a might never have like touched an area of game development to a degree whereas working on uh, the recharge series i literally did everything like from all of the things i had some degree of uh, ownership and and at least had to have like a bit of knowledge so that's like really really cool experience i had on the recharge series yeah that's cool so but what about and then i would imagine like do you did you ever explain to somebody like yeah we released eight games in yeah. less than two years on every platform yeah they said <laughs> i was crazy and they and they literally telling me that like do not expect this from us <laughs> we will not go at the pace you have gone like people do respect uh the hustle that we did but they do say it it's like it's really really fast so it's like props to us i guess for actually pulling it off yeah yeah for sure um well oh man i was trying to think what the next question i was going to ask was i know ethan what if you want you jump in here if you got anything like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, Todd, because like we've we've talked before, but I'm I'm curious on your path to I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but like no, your path good. to um to where b- before you started working on the um recharge games, like mm. what was your path to 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 that point, like into the games industry? Where did games start for you? How did you get to that point? Sure, um, I think I've told this story on one of the previous podcasts i think the first one i was there but i can tell it again because i really like the story uh, originally i was studying tourism uh, and hotel management and then as soon as i got my degree uh, i came back to my high school teacher uh, which we just to talk like i wasn't too excited about tourism at that point i i started noticing things and trends in that industry that weren't really exciting for me and i came back to talk with my high school teacher and like yeah we like laid it bare both of us that she's also like uh, in a position that she would like to improve something um and eventually she uh offered me to open up a letter that i wrote to myself in fifth grade to the future and i opened the letter and it was literally written i want to make games and at that point i was just sitting there like holy crap i want to make games i still want to make games now and and that was kind of like the real pivotal point in my career when I really just like sat down and I decided, okay, this is the thing I want to do. What are the steps I need to do to reach this goal? So like, yeah, I started learning a little bit of programming. Like I was absolutely, I had no idea what programming was in the first place. So uh, I started with uh, web development uh, on a small scale and uh, yeah realized that yeah i'm not making games i'm making websites and it's very different um eventually like after uh like a small course on development i started looking for a job and an opportunity popped up to head into one of the lithuanian studios as a as a qa engineer and uh, a games tester so that's where i kicked the classic entry into the games industry yep yep we mentioned it before yeah yeah so like and that was also like a very very good 
introduction to games development because like you do also everything you need to talk with all of the departments understand their their workflow flows and what kind of things break on their side and how to fix that and who to report to so that i did that for like a year and a half almost and 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 the studio was like really cool and they were growing but they were uh, a kids game studio um and i wanted to do something a bit bigger uh so got the opportunity to uh to hop in with uh, sneaky box uh, initially they were looking for a for a what was it i think it was like a vr games salesman which i had no idea what that means uh but, but you were soon- like i could do that yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, like that was literally 2016. Uh, HTC Vive just came out, and I got it uh, on on like the one of the first batches. I was really excited about VR, and I wanted to do that. Um, that's when the hype was biggest. Uh, so I thought, yeah, like yeah, sure, let's go. Uh, I want to do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, eventually, as soon as I joined, I realized that like yeah, they don't really need a salesman; they need a producer. So started doing like production as well as like just contacting potential clients um and yeah one thing led to another and then i started taking on more and more responsibilities uh as a producer and that's basically how i got here eventually project after project and yeah eventually made jason so how many how many projects do you think you worked on at sneaky box during your time there i think i have counted that once and that was around 30 projects. Wow. 30. Wow. In, in uh, what was it? I think it's nearly four years. A lot of it is like, it's a lot of it is really, really small. A lot of it was kind of like uh, small marketing games or like uh, interactive experiences. And uh, as a producer, you're, you're like, if you work on a small project and you have your processes in line, you really can be hands off and take up multiple projects at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that that's was, I think at one point I was working on like nine projects at at once. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned that thing about the VR salesperson and not knowing what it is. That's actually like when when people are talking about trying to get into the industry and applying for jobs and that kind of stuff, or really in any scenario, not even just games. I'm like, look, yeah. if you want a job at a company or you want to try to do a thing, and it and you're close enough. Or you look at that and you're like, I could do it. Just apply. You have nothing to lose, and Absolutely. that can get you in and get you and get you started in a place you want to inevitably be. So that's uh, that's a good general lesson and proof that that is the case. Yeah. Um, what uh, did you always want to get into AAA? Like, was that always one of the goals? I don't know if you specified in that kind letter of, to yourself. I mean, uh, no, I haven't specified that at that time <laughs> i was I, I think i was maybe 12 or 11 that would have been crazy that. if you're 11 year old is right you want to work on eight recharged games for atari you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the foresight no oh i god. mean like uh, it i think it kind of like just naturally evolved with time um i think i came to sneaky box with the intent to work on something bigger, uh, didn't realize how much like mobile stuff they were doing at that time, uh, but I was very happy to uh, be a part of the company's growth. Eventually, when they uh, turned to more of a porting studio, and that really gave like a, a lot of uh, opportunities to work on like the real 
big games like the Recharge series and uh, to work on actually PC. So I think it's not necessarily the AAA that was attracting me. It was more like the PC scene, PC games. Uh, like premium, premium stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that was kind of the, the thing I wanted to do. Yeah, that's definitely relatable considering like, so my three-year anniversary at a, my six-year anniversary at Atari was like two weeks ago. Oh, and, congratulations. Well, Why I mean, didn't, we didn't have a party? For six years? That's hardly a milestone. It's just a thing. <laughs> um, also, what are we going to do? Vir- virtual party. You could have sent me cookies. That How dare I you? I would have. Six cookies. That's all I want. Um, yeah. So the fir- And the first three years were all mobile. And the the moment that you know new leadership came in and Wade became CEO, and it was like, nope. All premium PC consoles. There was like I, there was like internal celebration for me. I was like, yes, yeah. Back, yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff I want to do. Nothing against mobile games. I mean, I played some mobile games, but um, you know, I mostly partake and I've always been a fan. It's that kind of stuff that's brought me. That's maybe such a fan of this industry and uh, yeah, absolutely the games themselves. So that's awesome. So I, I am kind of curious about this. Kind of leaning into going into the you know your cruise ship analogy. It. How, what was the feeling going from basically a project where you are, you have absolute ownership over Mm -hmm. more or less, right? But you basically, you know, basically starts and ends with you as the producer from the, Mm -hmm. from the development side of things. We had Adam, of course, the first seven games. I mean, even, but even you could focus more on like caverns because you went from a game that you were like complete ownership of and caverns was one that you wanted to do for a while. And then yeah, you finally yeah. got to do it, and you were like, you were producer, game designer, all that stuff. You even you finally got your uh, your drum and bass soundtrack. You had all that stuff. Yes. And yes, then exactly. and then to go from that to being basically one part of this of this puzzle, what was what was that like? Well, it's it's a learning experience for sure. Um, it takes a bit of getting used to, um, but at the same time, it was very. Uh, I realized that I will need to become like a, a student again uh, because I'm operating on like absolutely another level. These people are like incredible professionals of their fields. They're like from all over the world. Like the talent here is just unbelievable. So yeah, um, I got a, a, a senior producer uh, that I was under and we were uh, uh, and everything that he was talking about made complete sense to me. And it was very easy to trust him and just uh, continue working with him. So there wasn't really any pushback uh, from my side to a degree where I would say, like, I am not enough in control. Uh, I still had, like, my area of ownership because the project is just massive and there's just not enough of, of us. So I still all uh, had, like, a ton of things to do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I was working with people who are very production oriented from both developers to producers so everything was kind of like uh it was at some point it was uh kind of hard to adapt but in the other stages it was like a well-oiled machine like we were we were uh, making strides for sure uh with our team and i think that's that's uh yeah i don't know if that answers your question it was kind of hard in the beginning uh and then 
I got used to it. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. Yeah. Are there are there points? And obviously, you can't get into maybe maybe you can't get into what specifically. But are there points in the game like that you can point to and be like, "Yep, that was I was able to put my stamp there. I was able to put my mark there." Uh, yes, we have done a lot of narrative items, which are these notes you find throughout the game. And we've actually collected real handwriting from uh, the company employees. And I have left some of my handwriting in some of these notes. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. a sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, really cool. if you're opening uh, some of these like secret containers that house some loot for you uh, during your play sessions, one of the notes might be coming from my side. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really great. So I gotta I'm gonna flip this question, so just keep this in mind. I'm gonna ask you one thing and then I'm gonna ask you the exact opposite. Um or I could just ask it all together. What's one thing you miss and one thing you don't miss about working on the recharge games? Uh well and if what... and if one thing you don't miss is uh or one thing you don't miss is me, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. No, 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 no. One thing I don't miss is just uh the speed that we had to operate in and uh, uh it's very it's quite a, just not enough time to actually explore iterate and and try new things usually you have to hit the ground running already so that's something that's like i'm enjoying here which is but a bit more laid back there's still speed of course but it's also uh you have a lot more of uh trial and error and you can fail a bit more easily um but what do i miss was also i think the speed and the uh the the way at i think at it was at the eighth game at the caverns when the team really like started to click together after all this time and we realized like holy crap we're making things so fast and they're actually turning out good and it's just like it was exciting you're basically in a constant game jam uh where just like with your homies trying out stuff like messing around joking around you get tired uh but at the end of the day you actually do make cool stuff so yeah i think both of these things I, ha- I have a complete non sequitur question. So, uh, Ethan, if you want to jump in and ask a, a game related question, then why don't you do that? <laughs> or I guess my non sequitur. Go on. Go All right, non sequitur away. Um, here's the here's the real question. Moving from Conus to Helsinki. Yeah. How was that? What <laughs> do you oh. what do you what do you miss? What do you like? Go into all the details. I want to know. Oh. I've only that's... been to one. Yeah, it's not yeah, Helsinki. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually it will be Helsinki too. Eventually it will be Helsinki. I owe yeah. you a visit. Yes. Yeah. Um, Konas, a beautiful place, a small but very wholesome uh, town in the middle of Lithuania. The beer is cheap and the friends are plenty. Here, uh, the beer is very expensive, very pricey, but uh the the city is is massive is an actual metropolitan metropolitan city which i haven't really like experienced firsthand being actually a um 
a tenant, not a tenant, like a person who lives in that city. Like I have visited metropolitan cities, but I haven't lived there, which is like a different experience. I fell in love with Finland's public transport system. It's incredible. You buy one ticket, you can go anywhere with any type of public transportation. Trains, trams, metros, buses. Yeah, you name it, basically. So I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, what else? What else? There's a lot of culture in in Helsinki. Um, There's a lot of culture in Konas as well, but I don't think I have experienced it that much uh as much as i have like delved in here in in finland uh which was really cool um cool well yeah so let's get back to uh let's talk a little bit uh dive into a little bit more about alan wake and uh the so i guess my most the highest question on my list is about alan wake too when you're jumping in did you know one did you know when you were about to work for Remedy that you were going to be working on Alan Wake 2. And mm-hmm. the second thing is, what was your, like, did you have any or much experience with Alan Wake, the original? Yeah, um, actually. it is more of a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I did know where uh, what project I'll be working on. I knew that I'll be going to Alan Wake 2, but I had no idea what it was. I haven't played <laughs> the first one at that point. Like, and as soon as I uh, actually got in contact with the people at remedy i started to play that game and like oh my god i have missed this and then i think i realized that some like there was a ton of games coming out at the same time and they were just like it it overshadowed a bit uh alan wake at the time um so yeah probably played something else at the time but yeah um alan wake was crazy like as soon as i finished it i really just realized that holy crap i'm gonna be working on such a special game and yeah i I was very excited so then how is the uh so now that you you look back and the game is shipped i guess um how does how would you compare the second one to the first one as someone who literally just played the first one i don't know it couldn't have been even a year ago at this point right Mm. yeah and now comparing it to alan wake 2 like what what should people expect from um and, yeah, should, and should you have to play, do people need to play the first one? Obviously, I've played it, Ethan's played it, and now obviously yeah. you've played it. But do people need to play the first one to play the second one? Um, so the difference is quite big. The first one is a lot faster and a lot more action-packed. Uh, second one is uh, a survival horror game. Uh, so if you have played Resident Evil-type games, uh, this is very much in that uh, ballpark where it's a lot more slower more methodical, uh, a bit more scary, super atmospheric. It, the atmosphere oozes through everything Remedy does, so it's just beautiful. I love it. Um, and what was the second part of the question? Sorry. Oh, I don't even remember. Um, I but I, I do want to lean in on the on the point that you made about this being scary. So I keep hearing I love the original Alan Wake. I've played every mm-hmm. Remedy game since Max Payne. Yeah. Um, and I love them all. I've, I played through Control twice. I platinumed it the second time I played it on PS5. Um, that's one of my favorite games that come out in the last few years. It's Sweet. it's incredible. And I just want, and then when Alan Wake 2 comes out, I'm like, wow, well, that was like one of my favorites. I bought that day one. And I, I even have the collector's edition somewhere around here. 
Um, and that it, it was just awesome. It was an, it was an amazing experience. Just that last line of the game still hits and only kind of know what it means, but that's fine. That's like typical remedy stuff. But then I hear this game's coming out and they say survival horror. And I used to be all about horror games. Yeah. Now I'm a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to horror games. Amnesia kind of broke me. Um, and like, I haven't played, yeah. Res- I haven't played Resident Evil, uh, seven or village. And I, I'm about, I'm maybe going to play Dead Space remake. We'll see. But I used to love those games. Used to love that. All right. How, what should be my expectations? Am I going to be freaked out? Am I going to be too scared to play this game? No. Do I need to play this with the lights on? What should I expect? I do not cat? think that you will be freaked out that much. Um, yeah. And I remember the first question, which was, uh, do you need to play Alan Wake 1? I think the beautiful thing about uh, Alan Wake 2 is uh, the perspective of the detective, Saga Anderson, who's uh, a newcomer to um, Bright Falls and, and this whole mystery that's unraveling in front of her. And he's and she's trying to piece together what's actually happened before at the same time as you are as, as a fresh player. Uh, but at the same time, it does like boost the experience by multiple degrees uh, if you have played the first one because there's heavy heavy references to control and to alan wake one um, which was very much intended i guess uh to to do that so i don't think you would be scared uh, i think it's creepy but it's not scary you know okay. like it's it's atmospheric horror so it is kind of like the control vibe. Control had that, yeah. had those spooky vibes at times, yes. but yeah, never, exactly. never at the point that made me want to stop playing. Be like, I can't do this anymore. No, it was always. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah, you yeah, nailed I it. Should I? Okay, now now I'm at an impasse because I just played. I just finished Lies of P. Okay, and I was gonna play Spider Man Two next. So now do I play Spider Man Two or Alan Wake Two? Which which two do I play first? Oh, come on. It's an easy decision. You know, yeah, that's an easy decision. <laughs> right. That's um, an easy decision. We're all, we're all thinking the same thing, so we're not even going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what platforms do I play it on? Uh, what platforms should you play on? I mean, PS5 is great, uh, but if you have a beefy PC, uh, that's, that's an experience probably in of itself. Like, the technical prowess of some of our engineers and the things that they pulled off if your computer is able to run it, it's an experience in of itself. Like this game is beautiful and I've never seen anything like it before. So, but I think playing on a PS5 is also very much uh, as enjoyable as, as playing on a, on a high-end PC as well. What do we need? What do I need for, do I need like a 4090 with like uh, ray tracing in order to, to play it in its beefy settings? Uh. That probably. would be advised. I mean, the 40 series is probably the way to go uh, with this game, especially with the NVIDIA tech. A lot of a lot of uh, NVIDIA tech was kind of showcased with Alan Wake, actually. We were um, showcasing a lot of the, uh, I think, ray tracing technologies to a degree. They were I, talking about path tracing as well. Uh, I don't uh, really yeah, know I, what I'm that I'm going to go shopping. If, uh, I don't really remember. I don't want to talk about this out of my hat yeah so, sure i appreciate that um, yeah, i guess you guys have like all these crazy over the top like the beefiest of pcs to actually push this thing to the max i mean, I've been, we have I've everything been, like, needing a new uh, graphics card anyway so um take a look maybe that's a sign there you go 
So yeah, I'm still running a 1080 Ti on my main like operating PC, and it <laughs> runs like a like amazing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I have a I have a 30 series in my in my like capture machine, and uh, I feel like it doesn't operate as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're okay playing with less than 60, I think you're gonna have a great time anyway. Mm. Uh, the consoles do 30, to my knowledge. So okay. yeah, so not so not a sponsor. But on Newegg, you can buy an MS, MSI uh, RTX 4080, and it comes with Alan Wake, too. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. <laughs> Only $1,000. Nice. Oh, well, that's, yeah, but you save the $70 on the game. Yeah, so, so it's, so it's more like 930 money. You're kind of yeah. making money at that point. You're literally investing in future. You'd, you'd be a fool not to get that. Never... You should just buy that right now. Add to cart. Go I'm get it. Actually, I don't know if it'll fit in my computer. <laughs> so, anyways, that's a problem for another day. Yeah, yeah. Thomas, what's uh, any any like open ended things you want to talk about, like from your from your experience or anything you want to tell us about the game that you're like, man, this thing's this thing's cool, or this is a great experience, this is a fun moment, anything like that um, that didn't ask about. Yeah, uh... kind of jumped around here. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. I mean, like I've, I've really enjoyed the team. I really enjoyed the the people with like so much experience. And like, you talk to this person, like, holy crap, he worked on that game. I played it before, and like, holy shit, you're from this company. No way. And, like, I've been like nerding out about just people and where they're from and what they have done before so much in this studio. It's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I haven't even met everybody still, so it's a large studio. I, I do need to. This is this is an important question as well, which is, as someone who's also you played Max Payne back in the day, right? Yeah. Do you ever get used to Sam Lake not sounding like Max Payne? <laughs> no, it's it's uncanny for me. I don't know. He's a, he's a cool guy. Like he literally yesterday he came over to. Uh, the room where we were staying before and we just had a a, a small drink a, a, a mini celebration we were watching reviews and he was just like so down to earth and just like hearing seeing his face in the game and hearing that voice is just like a bit uncanny to me but i think that's uh that's still a great thing anyway yeah, you expect the Max Payne voice. That's why, like, if he's if I'm ever listening to an interview or and it's on video, it's like I gotta close my eyes. I can't. It's just it's so I it's mean, so wild stuff. I mean, play the game. I'm ex- I mean, there, there's gonna be uh, interesting stuff there. Awesome. I'm out of I'm out of questions. Ethan, what do you got before uh, before we go to the end end uh, bit here? Well, I feel like this is a little out of order. Um, maybe something that should have been asked in the beginning. Um, it's no rules, but like, I'm interested to hear Thomas what uh, for you to explain what a pro- what is a producer, what does a game producer do? Because I mean, I'm sure you explain that to people sometimes when you talk to new people. They're like, "Oh, I work in games," and they're like, "Oh, uh, this happens to me." I'm sure it happens to you, Jason. You try mm-hmm. to explain oh, yeah. like what it is so you, you do, code? and I think people so from the color? outside yeah. in look at how the game industry works and doesn't necessarily understand all the different pieces and the different roles and and I think this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about the difference between your, you know, um, what you do, what you were doing at Sneaky Box as a producer. I'm just interested to hear from uh, at Sneaky Box and on the recharge games, like, what mm-hmm. does a producer do? Yeah. 
Um, well, I guess it really depends on a lot of factors, both the studio, both the project and uh, the environment you're in, the needs of the company and the project itself. Um, but a producer does a lot of things like, and it depends, like if you're more of a organizational oriented producer, so you're just mainly trying to optimize work to be as efficient as, as possible. Um, if you're more on the creative side, there is a, a possibility to like nudge the team to a creative uh, direction one way or another. Um, but yeah, mostly, mostly what I did was basically the optimization of, of pipelines and, and, uh, work lines and streaming, streamlining everything. So that was basically what I did and I'm still doing, um, yeah, uh, a lot of communication with external people, uh, task management, task tracking, documenting, uh, organizing reviews, meetings, trying to get multiple different teams who are really communicating to communicate more and being the bearer of information, basically. So Across those are all these different, uh, I mean, because sometimes I think, I mean, some studios are different, right? Some studios, uh, single people deal with different um, skill sets, like there's someone who's an artist engineer or someone's an animator and also a tech artist or a VFX artist. And sometimes people cross over, but um, at larger studios and in most places, those are all individual uh, skill sets and the producers tend to be that, that nexus point in between them mm-hmm. to make sure as all these individual pieces of the machine are working, that that, that producer is making sure that everyone is, is is running is running at the same speed everyone's on the same train uh yeah. moving forward um because I, yeah. I think it's 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 an interesting um part of our process i oftentimes explain to people you know we're making software um and you know f- fans and gaming and stuff i think they know that but it's like you're making a complicated piece of technology and you're making art at the same time yes um and Every time you make a game, it's like a new piece of technology and it's a new piece of art. Yep. And those two things are, are in historically not always the easiest thing to just pump out all the time. Um, and so it, the producer is really at the nexus of trying to bring all that stuff together into and move the train down the, down the, the train tracks to its eventual... Um, my metaphor is falling apart. Uh, Choo Choo Station. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The Choo Choo Station. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you nailed it. Uh, like that's literally a lot of the things uh, that I used to do at Sneaky Box, especially at a smaller studio where you need to know everybody and you need everybody to be aligned uh, on the same goal and vision and try to be on track. Um, at a larger studio, that is definitely something I do a bit less uh due to each team having their own producer who's a bit more specialized in their um area of ownership that's not always the case that's definitely not the case for me i've uh i'm currently working with another team after uh alan wake shipped and uh yeah they're they're uh the things they're doing are very new to me i am learning as i go uh, but I'm also uh, bringing back very good uh, processes from Alan Wake to uh, to the current thing, 
And uh, don't even ask. I won't say what I'm working on next. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. Was, Jason uh... probably would ask. Jason's always probing. He's a prober of, of information. Um, I, I would only ask as a fan. But at this point, well, I'm I mean, a fan too. You think I'm not a I mean, fan? Rem- I'm not going to ask. But Remedy, everything Remedy's announced has already excited me. And they announced two DLCs already going to come for Alan Awake 2. It's like, great. So it's like, hey, here's this awesome game. Oh, by the way, we're going to give you more of this awesome game. They announced they, uh, I don't know, I think they're working on the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes or something like that. Like they've announced you're, all this you're stuff. You're like trying to back so your like, way into the question here. So it's I'm just saying, of, like, it's, it's like, we're, it's like pick, a, pick, pick one of the awesome things announced or another awesome thing that's already been announced. Like they've got I heard their they're, cards, they're and I'm not going to ask anybody. I heard they're revamping the Bubble Bobble or something like that, and uh, <laughs> they're moving away from the, the real deep tone um, video games and going much more bubblegum um, casual gaming. And that's why they brought Todd us over. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds great. Exposed. I'm all about that. Uh, cool. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's, uh, we kind of come to the end here. I always like to end by talking about uh, what we're currently playing. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know, Tadis, what are you playing? And if you even have time, like as you're, oh. as you've rounded the corner, like, do you have a, do you have an enormous backlog following the, the run up to release here? Or so what, what are you playing? Or yeah. if you're not playing anything, what's top of the list to play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm playing a lot of things actually. Uh, I've dropped my other, uh, hobbies for a bit to play a bit more. I, I was trying to learn a bit more of Unreal Engine. And just okay. game, come back to game development as an actual developer, uh, and do some creative stuff myself. But I put that on the back burner and started playing a lot of games. Uh, one thing I really, really, really enjoyed was, and that's the game I was waiting for for quite a while now. It's called Witchfire. It's yeah. uh, basically a fast-paced RPG, first-person shooter. They have done a tremendous job about like the the core gameplay loop. It's so good, like it's unbelievable what they pulled off. I'm I'm so excited to play more of that, and I've beat everything that is available to that because it came out as an early access game. Um, beside that, I'm playing a bit more uh, a bit uh, of Remnant Two. I'm trying to close out Baldur's Gate Three. Um, I'm sitting on uh, Death Stranding for a while now i need to come back to that game eventually i have heard only good things about that game uh, and of course i i've got my uh, alan wake 2 code today uh, which is exciting stuff i have played it through multiple times as a as just a curiosity and a, and a test uh that i had to do uh but yeah it's finally out fully fully polished very cool. It's awesome that you mentioned Witchfire, and I'm happy to hear because I haven't heard anybody, I haven't talked to anybody who's played it yet, but I am very excited to check it out because it also is one of my favorite reveal trailers of all mm-hmm. time because it's like from the, it starts off and it's just somebody walking around. You're like, oh, this is some sort of um, walking sim. And it's like from the makers of The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. You're like, of course. And then a few frames later, and from painkiller and you're yeah, like yeah, yeah here we go storm. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. awesome yeah it's one of the best uh one of the best reveal trailers ever yeah. if you know any of those references it's great. Yeah, yeah i think i think max pain and painkiller are two of the games from like the same generation and they both of them have like very specific part in my heart mm. and uh and my enjoyer of games 
yeah. from the past. Pain, so yeah. Well, Painkiller, I just remember, is like one of those games that elevated that serious Sam formula, which was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it was awesome, man. Good stuff, Ethan. What about you? What do you? I'm gonna have to pick this up. I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, I'm still trying. I'm trying to play more games. I I just I finished Cocoon. Um, which yes. I liked a lot. Um, I think there was a lot of interesting finesse in that game. It was very simple. Um, and then at the end, I felt like the end didn't climax as much as I was hoping it would, but I, I felt like uh, that was a really cool little puzzle game. Um, I'm playing Super Mario Wonder. Uh, I picked that up a couple days ago. And that's the thing is, it's hard for me to play games in my living room because if I pl- I'll start to play them and then my kids will come in like, what's this? Give me the controller. I want to play. And then so me playing Mario Wonder quickly turned into my like son just playing it while I made dinner and I watched him play it. So uh, we'll see how well that goes. I'm hoping but it's just, two like, players. You could have played together. No, nah, it's really. It's not really, though. Like when you play two player, it's not that that's not a fun experience. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. Um, so, been playing that. I still play Tarkov like every Sweet. day. It's gonna wipe soon. So excited about that. Um, but also need to get away from that game. Um, I have recovered I, <laughs> from that game. It's it was hard, but yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking that like um, that uh, you know certain games going to take me off of it like starfield i thought starfield was going to take me off i'm still kind of playing starfield like i pop in and play a little bit of it um but uh, and i downloaded uh for forza motorsport to try to give that a whirl um because i i that's another genre of games that i always want to like i have such fond memories of getting very deep into driving mm. sim games um and i'll give a game like this like a couple three hours two or, or in a couple a couple three uh two or three hours and then um if it doesn't hook me and then i like leave it so we'll see it'll probably just be another one of those um so yeah that's kind of, and then plus i'm playing a bunch of our games yeah uh, we have some games we haven't announced yet that are in pinnacle milestones that i'm playing large amounts of and uh it takes up time as well yeah cool Sweet. stuff and uh as for me i just finished lies of p oh and um it's it was amazing i i started playing starfield and i put about maybe four hours into it and i was just like i don't i don't know if it's really grabbed me the way i was hoping it would and i was like let me just let me just play some start let me just let me just check out this lies of p game i never never actually finished a um like a souls born game i played about i played a lot of dark souls remastered when it came to switch and liked it a lot but then got to one boss and i'm like nope i think uh, i think i'm good here just because of some <laughs> of the some of the things that they put against you it's like yeah now you have this thing where you only have half your health back so it becomes incredibly difficult it's like no i think it's at its best when it's like here's a short path to get to the boss and then i can keep trying over and over and over again until i beat them that i'm cool with lies of p now i haven't i also only played a little bit of bloodborne like literally no more than an hour of that game i missed the boat when it first came out and came to it i think too late but so if they ever remastered i'll definitely go back and check it out but man liza p i just said all right let me just check it out you know spider-man's coming out so i'll just check it out play for a few hours and then probably never think about it again and wow did this thing grab me like i i all i wanted to do was play this game i finally beat it this morning actually um and man it was it was a phenomenal experience as my first full Soulsborne experience. I, I like. I get it. I love the vibes. I love the story. I like what they did with the Pinocchio stuff. I love what they're gonna do. Like at the ending, the 
the post credits ending teaser mm. is one of the all time great. Okay. Uh, so don't spoil it for yourself. You're going to play the game, but um, it's really, really awesome. And um, a lot of people hype this up. I'm like, man, they're blown out of proportion, but man, once I got, once I checked it, I was like, Nope, they were right. So I have no problem hyping it up here as well, because yes, you also will be blown away. And Sweet. even when it started, I'm like, what, what? This is just some nonsense. And then I was like, Oh, and it was great. Yeah. Was really yeah. Stuff. So Liza P, if you have any interest in the genre, hell, if you don't have interest in the genre, you have game pass, just give it a shot. Like I did. And it might, it might stick with you because wow, is this, this game, something special. And I think that, you know, everybody making these game of the year lists, I, I think this is this is going to be one of those sleepers that creeps up there and it's going to because it it's so, so, so good, even in a year of greats. And that that includes, of course, the greats like Alan Wake, Two, which uh, which is next on my list. So I'm very excited to check that out. Um, and that's available now. So you can check out Alan Wake, Two, And of course, we got all the Atari stuff that I mentioned early on again. So, you know, be on the lookout for that as well. But taught us. Thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And congrats again on the release. Um, where where can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Uh, wandering the streets of Helsinki. Wandering the streets of Helsinki, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, I guess, uh, uh, LinkedIn would probably be the best place for professional stuff. Other than that, I'm not really making content whatsoever. But if you do type in Tiandao, you might find me somewhere. Just there you n- go. nudge, nudge. Lurking, lurking discords. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on the internet as Edog Lost, E D O G L O S T on Twitter. Um, slash, slash X. Yeah. Yeah, you can find <laughs> me around. Right on. And you can find or in me the edge. Atari Discord. Join the Atari Discord, and uh, I'm in there constantly talking to the folk. To my That's community right. yeah join the atari discord as well uh, you'll find a link for that in the in the show description as usual and you can follow me on uh twitter slash x at jays of doom so hit me up and as always you know if you have any feedback about the podcast or anything like that uh feel free to reach out let me know what you think put those comments in the fa- in the uh in the youtube videos i see them i'm out there i'm lurking you know even if i don't respond i see what you're saying so keep saying the good stuff and say more bad stuff so I could so we can fix things and make this better. But don't cool. be mean about it. That's it. Be constructive. All right. Well, thanks again, Tadas. Um, you got some celebrating to do, so do that. And uh, Ethan and I got some working to do, so we'll yeah, do we do. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till All next right. time. Thanks Take care, listening. guys.